to Ministry in Motion, a program where we explore best practices in your ministry for the 21st century. I'm Derek Morris. And I'm Anthony Kent. Whether you live in Bolivia or Botswana, Argentina or Angola, God wants you to be a great Christian leader. Whether you're a full-time pastor or a lay leader of your Christian fellowship, God wants to use you to impact your world. Today, we'll talk with Bill Knott, editor of the Adventist Review and Adventist World. He's going to be talking about a fascinating topic, interactive preaching. Anthony, I'm looking forward to this uh, program. I am too. I'm sure it'll be a fascinating journey. You know, we've been talking about lessons from the preaching ministry of Jesus and effective delivery, but what Bill's going to be sharing with us today is really on the cutting edge of moving from preaching as monologue mm -hmm. to, to preaching as an interactive event between the speaker and the listeners. It also means that the, the sermon is owned more than just by the preacher. It really becomes uh, something that belongs to the community. Yeah, I remember one young adult, when he participated in this kind of preaching, he said, I just felt so engaged, even though I wasn't always the person reacting. I, I wanted to, I was thinking, and I was, I, I was involved. Good, good. So it's going to be a great time. We're looking forward to it, and uh, we want to invite you to stay tuned. You can go to our website and watch the rest of this if you have to run off to an appointment, ministryofmotion.tv. But this will help you to be more effective in your preaching of the Word of God. How do you engage your listeners in a way that will change them forever and also help you to be a more effective communicator of God's Word? Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We're talking today with Bill Knott, editor of the Adventist Review and Adventist World, but also Bill Knott, the preacher. Mm. And we're looking at a fascinating topic, Bill. Thanks for joining us. Interactive preaching. Before we zero in on the, on the special form of preaching, tell us a little bit about your own experience, your own journey as a preacher of the Word. I began with a background in both what I'm doing now as an editor in journalism and in theology and spent the first 18 years of my career in parish ministry. So preparing the sermon week by week and learning from my congregation what God was saying to them through the words that I was helping to craft week by week. That process started for me of thinking about interactive preaching when I was a very young pastor, literally in my first year. Uh, I read a book by David Maines. Many of them know him as former speaker of Chapel of the Air. David Maines wrote a book about planting a church in downtown Chicago in the mid-70s. It was called Full Circle. And in it, he described what fascinated me at the time, the model of, of using the sermon as the starting point of a dialogue with the congregation. You know, that really uh, challenges the thinking of many that that preaching's like a monologue, like a holy monologue, yeah. and you kind of send it down the conveyor belt and hope it lands somewhere. You're challenging that and saying, no, it's a dialogue. It's, it's a circle rather than a straight line. David Maines' model was that the typical worship service ought to include worship, sermon, 
in response. It was a formal component of the planning. And in his vision, as he shared it in this idealistic book from the mid-70s, the individual who preached at Full Circle Church week by week would then stand right there following the service and lead a discussion about the very topic he had just presented in the sermon. Well, this is a daring thing for a pastor to do, especially when we are used to communication moving only in one direction, from the pulpit to the pew, and the member is supposed to absorb it and make what they can of it and walk away and think about it over lunch. In, in Maine's model, the preacher's responsibility is to use the sermon to engage the active response of those who have just heard him or her and bring that into the hearing of the community. So when did you have the courage to move from a, a very tried and tested model and say, no, I, I'm going to try this? How many years went by of preaching before you took the deep breath and said, Let, let's look at this more interactive approach to preaching? Believe it or not, it took me 30 years, Derek. <laughs> I literally waited that long before trying an idea that I had been fascinated by. And I quite frankly chose a special population for my first time. I think all of us would want to find that right moment, that right congregation. For me, it was a leadership group, a weekend retreat, in which I was asked to prepare several sermons to share with this leadership group. I decided to do that because I felt that they were a group who, if any, might be able to respond thoughtfully and carefully. But I was still quite apprehensive about the whole process of opening up a discussion when most individuals there have always seen the sermon as a one-way communication. Right. So you tried it. it Maybe you, know, you field tested it. Can we yes. say that? Like a pilot project. And How my, did it work? It worked to a degree that I was startled by. And I began to reflect on how much I had been missing over those 30 years in which my vision of the sermon was a one-way delivery of information and whatever they took away, they took away. In the particular form I decided to do it, I had them focus on a passage of scripture at length before I preached on it. It was read aloud twice by both a man and a woman then prayed about in small groups among the hundred or so persons in the room. So that by the time I stood up to talk about the word, to actually share what God had given me for that message, they had been meditating on and actually praying about that passage of scripture. I was not speaking to a blank slate. I was speaking to people who had already become engaged with that passage of scripture. I shared my sermon as best I could. And then I had asked them before the sermon, I'm going to ask you a question at the end. Be thinking about this throughout. My question to you at the end will be, what did you hear? So when I reached the end of the sermon, I concluded with a brief benediction, and I stepped forward and said, now here's my question. What did you hear? I was completely unprepared for what they responded with. I can tell you they heard things that I never said in all sincerity, and it was a good thing. The sermon not only took wings, it went out in the side rooms and it flew places I could never have imagined as they made applications to their life, their community. They heard me saying things that only the Holy Spirit could have actually told them. Maybe we could challenge your, 
your language just a little and say you said I finished the sermon and had the benediction. Maybe what you did is finish that portion of the sermon. I finished the part I was used to doing. Yes. But, but the, the sermon kept going right. as the community began to, to talk to each other about what I had said and what they had encountered in the Word through prayer and conversation. The result was that I had difficulty ending that anything on schedule as the leaders of that event wanted me to because they wanted to keep talking. They wanted to keep thinking about the text and reinforcing what they had heard. It was not at all the response I expected. I thought there would be this stony silence in which they would look at me and go, well, you just said it all, or what more could be said? You took 36 minutes. Who would want to do more than that? I had a whole set of apprehensions that they were not living in. And once I overcame my fear of that moment, I began to realize that this was happening week after week in every place, and I had never asked for the response. You know, it seems to me that by preparing your hearers and saying, at the end, I'm going to ask you this question, you didn't startle them. In fact, they were processing everything that you were saying in the light of the question that they were going to deal with. And so even before they're verbally sharing and responding, they're thinking about how to respond. This is a fascinating approach. and we're, we're going to continue this study in just a moment. Perhaps you're thinking, well, that's, that's great, a group of leaders, they're used to reacting, but how would that work in the local congregation? I mean, we don't preach that way in my community. So how do we take this idea of engaging the hearers in a way that perhaps we've never done before and make it work in a local congregation? Well, I'm looking forward to the answer. I hope you'll stay with us for Ministry in Motion. And, and we're hoping that you'll not only learn something that will be helpful for you, but you can go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv. You can download this and share it with a group of pastors or lay leaders in your area and, and see what God might want to do right there. Ministry in Motion, Interactive Preaching is our topic with Bill Knott, editor of the Adventist Review and Adventist World. We hope you'll join us when we come back. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is one that I'm particularly interested in, Bill. I'm glad you're with us. Bill not editor of the Adventist Review and Adventist World, but also a preacher, a passionate preacher. And we're talking about a topic, Bill, that, uh, that has really got me thinking. Interactive preaching. You, you talked in the previous uh, segment about field testing that with a group of leaders, and, and you got a, a response that amazed you. Yes. What did you do with that learning from that uh, retreat event? Decided to take it next and try it on a very, very different kind of congregation. Group of college students, not at all the people adept in handling the word, not people used to having self-confidence to talk about the scripture with peers even. Decided to try it in that environment. And again, similarly astonished at how eager they were to respond. I thought again that they would, I would have to keep prompting them and trying to pull ideas from them. They were completely ready, full of thinking that they had been doing in those intervals between the words I was speaking 
in the portion I call the sermon, they and the Holy Spirit were constructing a sermon that had applications to things I could never imagine in their community. And I deliberately challenged them as part of one of my follow-up questions. What did you hear in what we did here today that has application to this community? I wasn't living in that community just then. So they were, in a sense, making the application right. to a setting that I couldn't know as well as they did. And they began addressing situations that they knew appropriately, fortunately, taking the word and applying it to the life of the community. I realized that was happening every time I preached. In every congregation I went to, minds were open to that process. I just hadn't asked them to do it. I hadn't given them a chance to do it. I had assumed that they would be content. What I learned that there was a kind of holy discontent with my not asking for the response. They were more eager to talk than I was to have them talk. And that's especially true if you've given them permission. Yes. Uh, maybe if you haven't and they're not used to it, they don't even think about how they're going to react. You raised a very important point. You don't startle a group of people with something like this. But if you've led them, to think about what you're going to share in the context of we're going to talk about this afterwards, they will be preparing to do that and will grow eager about that. It also is comes from a fundamentally different understanding for me that has grown in my life of what the sermon is. If the sermon is my product, then it must be polished and shaped and I must have the last word. But if the sermon belongs to the worshiping community as our act of worship, then that should involve perhaps one person leading that experience, but not dominating it. That in fact, what we need to learn from the word today will become apparent at the end of this interactive time, at the end of this conversation, not only when I finish speaking the formal part of what we are used to calling the sermon. So again, for those who may be just joining us, this interactive model for preaching, you're giving a presentation, and the sermon doesn't end there. But it moves from you sharing to a time of interactivity, and you've, you've could I say, warned them or you've alerted them ahead of time that this question will be asked and this time for them to respond to apply will be part of that uh, sermon experience? I move into a role of facilitating the ongoing conversation of the sermon so that if you make a comment about some portion of the sermon that you heard that has a specific application to your community, my role is to affirm that, to say, did you hear what Derek just said? Is this important to the rest of you? asking leading questions that draw them in so that they look to you now as a person who's also preaching the word to them, not just me at the front who delivered the main presentation, but trusting that the Spirit is speaking through more than my voice in that experience with the congregation. Now, I can hear someone, perhaps uh, someone saying, well, you tried it on a retreat with a group of leaders who yeah. are used to giving feedback. You tried it with students who liked something yeah. out of the ordinary. What would it be like to take this interactive model? Can I say a regular <laughs> church family, a regular congregation, especially a community that's had quite a history of 
hearing sermons in a certain way. Did you, did you ever try that where you were with the church that you, you were their pastor, and right. you said, we're going to try it differently this week? Actually, this has emerged since I moved from parish ministry into a more itinerant ministry with my editorial work. And so it's giving me an opportunity that a parish pastor would have to think through carefully. And yet I have watched this same dynamic since trying this in several other settled congregations, if you will, in which the eagerness to respond I had missed before in their eyes. I was intent on delivering my content. I wasn't thinking about the fact that the Holy Spirit was working on every mind present and that, in fact, there were insights to be gleaned from the Word. I found myself, as they responded frequently, thinking, I never thought of that. I, I never would have gone there. And yet, it was somehow important to the Spirit and to the Church that that be said by someone other than me here today. That's the piece that is beginning to change my understanding of what this sermon event is about. It is really about the community gathered around the Word, led by one person who has done the primary focus and, and preparation, but by no means ending when he or she stops speaking. Well, uh, after our break, we're going to talk about uh, another step in interactive preaching where they are part of yes. putting the sermon together. But we'd like to hear from you. Have you experimented with this model of interactivity in your preaching? We can have uh, teachers from all around the world share insights with us. You can go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv and click on contact, send us a message, share what you've learned, maybe a question you'd have that would help you to implement this more effectively. After our break, Bill, I'd like to talk about uh, maybe moving it to another step. We actually allow the community to create the sermon. And, and how do we do that? How do we prepare for something where it appears that the community is actually leading and, and not just the speaker. You, you have to do what it took me 30 years to do. You have to overcome your own fear that something is going to happen that's out of your control. Praise God, it will. Well, that looks like it's going to take a lot of prayer, but uh, we know that prayer is at the very foundation powerful biblical preaching, an availability to God of saying, God, however you want to work in this situation, I'm open to be used by you. So again, if you want to share some insights that you've learned, go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv, and we hope you'll stay with us because we want to apply this to your local community and see what God can do where you minister. Be right back. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We're having an amazing discussion with Bill Knott, editor of the Adventist Review and Adventist World, about interactive preaching. You've really challenged this, Bill. Thanks for being with us today. And I want to move to one uh, next level. You've yes. talked about giving scripture ahead of time. People can read it, letting them know that after your portion of the sermon, if I can use those words, Good term. there's a question. And you've seen remarkable results yes. when people apply that. 
Uh, have you ever tried where you actually encourage them to do the exegesis of the passage, to ask what the Bible is saying as part of the sermon or just the application part of the I've sermon? I primarily focused on what I would call the application time, but I'm fascinated that there are other models out there. And I think you underlined a really important point, which is there is no one model that works universally or for every kind of message. There is, in fact, the model that grows up out of the biblical material you're handling that week. And there are certain kinds of messages which can be taught by the community to each other. There are others that need to be more distinctly led by one voice, even if you do include a time for interactivity at the end of that message in which you invite their conversation as well. You've had some experiences. Well, you know, it took me about 20 years before I took a deep breath and said, well, if communication isn't just monologue, but dialogue, what about doing that in a sermon? And uh, I tried something a little different, and that is I told them a week ahead, here's the passage, yes, yes. just like you told them. But I said, you can come uh, with any question about what the passage is saying. And then you can have a question about how does it apply to us today. So the application move was there. But in order to prepare for that, you have to be prepared for any question of what the text is saying. You well, have to have a depth in the word that may even exceed a normal, a normal preparation. preparation. Yes. But it was amazing. I mean, the energy level in that group. And the, I guess that's what I want to ask you about yeah. from your observation. People seem more engaged than I'd, than I'd ever seen before. What is it that, that kind of sparks their imagination or their enthusiasm? Part of it is the affirmation of your saying to them as the designated preacher for the day or the week, your contribution matters. You are a person whom God has also given a gift in understanding the word. It is not only that I, as a more educated or more experienced person, but that the word is, is close to all of us and available. It's, it is sharing in the powerful experience of handling God's word. We know that power professionally because we found God's spirit living in us. Inviting them to share that, even briefly, by asking questions, making statements, making application to their community. This is a moment that, for many of them, is energizing and faith-building. They feel a part of that community in a new way. This really introduces that, that concept that's so familiar to all of us of the priesthood of all believers. Exactly. Um, where, where those who are receiving the word are actually sharing in the imparting of it. And it's a, a wonderful way of investing the whole church in, in terms of sharing their faith, sharing what they believe, what they know about the Bible. Not only during the, the church time, but it's really investing them to share that faith beyond the community circle as well so that they can be proclaimers of the grace as well. I've sometimes thought of the analogy as I've had these experiences. It's like looking out at a field that you've looked over for 30 years and suddenly discovering that about three inches below the surface, there was this powerful underground river there all along waiting to sort of come up and, and, and flood the landscape. That was much my response to discovering that there was so much more happening than I was aware of. My limited vision was primarily, I confess, focused on how I was doing, what I was delivering. Was I being accurate with the word? Was my textual work careful and thoughtful? Would it have application to their lives? I could help, but I couldn't do it all. And in fact, 
the Spirit has to show up for the sermon to really be heard in the community. That's so true. Anthony, you've been listening to this more kind of as an observer, but I'm sure lots of questions have come to your mind as come to the minds of our viewers watching. Is there one question you'd like to ask uh, Bill as we wrap up the, our conversation today? Thanks, Derek. There is actually. Bill, there are times when we're called to preach messages that are difficult mm. and somewhat challenging. How do you see this working in those difficult and challenging contexts? As, it, as you ask the question, I can imagine some messages I've preached thinking back on them. And one of the things that I, I think it might work well for is to say, you know, what you just heard me say some things that are difficult to listen to. Mm -hmm. Tell me what it was like to hear the word shared with you that way. Tell me, do you believe that this was an appropriate understanding of scripture? testing to see if the message was heard, and you're also learning a great deal about with what attitude your message was heard. It's a way of, of testing to see whether the idea that you believe God has laid on your heart has actually penetrated the thinking of the people who are there. You know, Bill, I, I know that the Word of God is very important to you. Yes. As you think about this approach to sharing the Word, is, is there a word of Scripture that confirms that, that the importance of, of this kind of interactive approach of involving your listeners? Scripture says that the word is near to all of us. It's close to all of us. And I have come to believe that in a new way. As I've gone back and looked at the word, I've, I've become conscious that it isn't only about my understanding of the word as a unique individual. It's about hearing the word in the context of a worshiping community. Mm. That the, the word being close to me, as scripture says it is, is also close to all of those who are hearing that word. For me, that has begun changing my thinking about the act of preaching. Well, Bill, thanks for joining us today. A fascinating topic. And thank you for joining us also on Ministry in Motion. As we talked about a challenging topic, interactive preaching. If you'd like to learn more about interactive preaching, you can go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv. And again, we'd like to hear from you. If you've been experimenting, you can be our teacher as well. Come to our website at ministryinmotion.tv and share your insights. And remember, you can watch the program again online. You can download it and share it with people in your community, perhaps someone you'd like to train to be a more effective communicator of the Word of God. We're praying that this presentation, which was so relevant and so challenging, could be reproduced 10,000 times to bless many lives. Thanks for joining us on Ministry in Motion. May God bless you in your ministry. Mm -hmm.